This week's episode of The Clear Out was recorded on the 22nd of February 2022 at home in Wicklow. And it's an episode that examines the resources we have and the resources we haven't. It looks at the smallness of our world on an individual level and how that can be an asset in managing anxiety, in quieting the self-doubt. This episode also looks at cobbling together a life and trying to build a life around your natural inclinations, your natural capacities, your lived and learned experience, your given personality and rolling the dice on that, which is the attempt to align your life around the things that keep you well. Um, so, yeah, so that's what this week's episode is all about. It's it's about trying to get the job done and use what you have and maintain your focus and to accept that you are not always going to be performing at the, the highest level and that's okay. And there's also a poem that is interrupted by a fight between three chickens and a dog. <laughs> so that's what's coming up. Okay, I hope you can find time to listen. I'll see you there. Cheers. Hi, my name is Dara Clear and you're listening to The Clear Out. Welcome, welcome to this space. <laughs> welcome to this moment. How are you? How's it going today? Are you you keeping up or are you lagging behind? Are you keeping all those balls in the air? Are you dropping them on the floor? Are you ducking and diving, bobbing and weaving, thisin and thatin? How are you coping? How are you managing with things? How is this year going for you? As we approach the end of fab February. February. <laughs> Has it been February for you? Um, it hasn't for me. It's been a funny month. We've had these uh, <laughs> these disruptions. I referred, I referred to them last week. Um, blocked drains. And we've had two power cuts. We had no power for 24 hours. Um, just over the weekend. And it really is disruptive. And the loss of light, uh, it does, it does impact. It does impact you. My daughter doesn't like it at all. She just finds it all a bit too spooky, uh, particularly at this time of year when the evenings, when the evenings don't have a great stretch in them. Not yet. It's coming. It's coming, but not yet. But um, between blocked trains last week, uh, we had a, we had a power cut as well at some point the previous week. And then another longer power cut this week. Me being sick the other week. It's just been, um, it hasn't been, it hasn't been a period of flow. <laughs> it's, it's been very stop start. Um, it's been grinding to a halt. It's been disruptive. It messes with your energy. Um, yeah, so not a lot of fun not a lot of fun it's also the midterm break this week so my daughter is off school for the week and she's hanging out that's great because uh, we do enjoy that we enjoy spending a bit of time together but I'm I'm a little bit under the weather it might be a residual uh, thing uh, after my my vomiting incident <laughs> I came <laughs> I came good and felt great but uh, 
this weekend after you know after my recovery spell had felt rather triumphant my stomach has just been a bit jittery again um so it's um it's a challenge it's a challenge to uh another challenge to flow another challenge to being well is being unwell go figure <laughs> i need to be well within my unwellness it's um yeah it's a challenge it's a challenge i mean i've touched on this before um but when you're forced to stop how how do you negotiate that and i find no matter how much i counsel myself i always go through this this period of negotiation where i'm just in denial about being unwell and i feel usually it's a combination of guilt and frustration um and i just yeah i just feel like i should be doing better i should be being more productive in this state and you know there's just too much to be done there's too much to be done and time is money and i've got to be productive to make money and if i'm sitting on my ass feeling low energy and a little bit off and a little bit achy and completely demotivated and again don't forget don't forget you can come to my you can attend my demotivation course discipline can wait um (laughs) feeling feeling demotivated and then just not accepting the facts of the situation just not accepting them and that's where the frustration comes in that's where the tension comes in that's where the stress comes in that's where the conflict comes in because you're fighting a battle you cannot win um i am in in you know when i say you i mean me and the challenge then is to the challenge and this you know you can drop this into a self-defense framework uh the challenge is to recognize the reality of the situation as quickly as possible and to act decisively because that's where you're going to be most effective in protecting yourself so even if that decisive action is to go oh i'm in no fit state to be productive so just relax put on some music or maybe try and do a bit of meditation or i don't know you know just have a nice cup of tea and relax and you know sleep it off if there's an opportunity to do so or rearrange your schedule clear the space and just focus on getting well now i accept that that might be a luxury uh, for some people and you may not have a choice and i've often been in that situation where you just push through um but i'm just trying to i'm trying to kind of acknowledge the the uphill struggle to myself and you know there's times when there's times when stillness is is very desirable there's times when stillness is something i would advocate to to gather oneself and to ground oneself to get into the body um through stillness through breathing through visualization through following the energy flow around the body and to really sort of attempt to center oneself and that is often really effective it's a really effective way of calming oneself down um it can be an effective way of clearing one's head of detaching from emotions that might be distressing or destabilizing and it can be a very useful tool but sometimes stillness when you're in a state of unwellness or being physically ill stillness isn't necessarily your friend (laughs) because i i find sometimes in that state stillness 
just means you know you're a you're 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 a target for negative thoughts your own negative thoughts and your own negative thought patterns and the stillness and inactivity invites them to sort of conspire and gather around you and pounce and creep their way in under your skin into your into you know you they sort of they, they feast on the, the you know the, the the remaining shreds of composure and unravel you that's um that's that's my experience so uh in that situation it's time to get up off your ass and get out and walk move the body stimulate the body engage the body that way if you can and change your physical location and shake it off just shake it off um i definitely find i'm vulnerable to that that pattern just with a a a bit of the frustration kind of opens the door to to my head being turned and it is definitely the the forced the forced stop of the the vehicle the forced stop of the momentum and for me the first place the first place that hits me is exercise my exercise regime my exercise routine suffers and when I don't have sufficient energy to to maintain that the head goes very quickly afterwards because I'm just not channeling my my energy in you know in the way uh, you know that I've become accustomed to and in in the way that I've conditioned myself to depend on over over you know, many, many years at this stage, um, you know, exercise is central to my, my coping structure. And if I can't do that, I really do struggle. And that's, um, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that. I mean, maybe I have to consider alternative, uh, alternative ways of, stimulating positive energy uh alternative ways of of encouraging endorphin release um but there really is no substitute and you know i can't you know i can't stress enough that the you know my exercise thing it's not and never has been a you know a gym bunny obsession i've never been trying to you know cultivate a beautiful aesthetic <laughs> with you know with my with my body as the medium um really it's always you know it's been about you know having energy it's been about fitness it's been about strength it's been about mobility and yes it's been about energy and you know for me over the years this has just proven again and again to be the thing that keeps me on track and I can't sustain it without discipline so why don't we why don't we have a little look why don't we have a little look at at discipline and what that looks like so for me then it's it's about making habits about making habits that are just part of part of your routine so it's not it's not a big challenge it's not a a big dilemma it's not something i have to um you know dread the you know the presence of or the occurrence of in in you know in the day or in the week i just try to make it 
something routine. I try to make it something normal. And since, you know, since I became a, a father, the the early morning has been has been the the, the natural slot. Um, I mean, there's been other times in the day to do stuff as well, but early morning is the time that least impacts home life, that least impacts uh, my 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 duties and responsibilities as a dad, and you know whatever other things I need to be doing with myself, and so for me it's just it's a no-brainer if i want to be functional if i want to be well if i want to sort of uh take the edge off my my anxiety if i want to offset the the negative inclinations in my my thought patterns i have to exercise and starting the day with with exercise with getting into the body um usually is what sets me up to 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 give myself the 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 best chance to give myself the best chance to um to survive the day and to to do well in the day so you know when I say survive today, it makes it sound a bit kind of uh, a bit too dramatic, perhaps. You know, the stakes are really high. It's survival. Um, but, you know, in, in a way, in a way, I, I do feel like that at times. And what I what I'm trying to do in, in my life at the moment, um, which is to maintain the, the podcast and the podcast if, if you know if it, if it hasn't become clear if you're if you're a regular listener um or if you're new i mean the the podcast ultimately is you know it's an attempt to contribute something to um popular psychology um and positive psychology i should say but in a you know in a popular um mode and it's an attempt to encourage uh self engagement self-care personal responsibility and it is it is an attempt to to motivate that that belief that we are all capable of of helping ourselves and that we're all capable of being caretakers of ourselves uh, in a way that perhaps we sometimes underestimate but I'm a I'm a huge believer in you know looking at your own resources looking at your own resources to keep yourself well looking at your own resources to help you resolve and overcome the 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 challenges in your life and I yeah I I suppose I'm 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 somewhat obsessed with the internal life and I don't know if that's solipsistic of me I don't know if that's me just projecting my own um, my own obsession with my own internal life uh, or my own conviction that the exploration of the internal life is what can lead to greater contentment i don't know if i then project that onto everyone and my assumption is that everyone will benefit (laughs) not from my internal life (laughs) but everyone will benefit from exploring uh their own internal life their own internal landscape and to to have a level of I don't want to say mastery over that domain. Um, you know, I, I'm very resistant to to any frame that pitches you the you know that pitches you the subject or the practitioner 
uh, particularly the practitioner of self-care, any frame that pitches you as becoming the best or, you know, reaching a state of, you know, utter amazingness and being absolutely optimal on every conceivable level and, you know, killing it, smashing it. Um, I'm really resistant. I'm really resistant to that pathway, that journey, that type of rhetoric. Um, I just, I just feel it's, it direct, you know, it points us in the wrong direction. So when I was referring a couple of moments ago to the internal landscape, and I said, I don't want to refer to having mastery over the internal landscape, but rather to think of it like your uh, cartographer, rather to think of it then like you're, you know, you're a map maker and you have the map maker's tools, the map maker's instruments. And what you have then is a forensic knowledge of the landscape, a familiarity with it, an understanding of it. You know the topography, you know the geology, you know where the where the terrain is more dangerous, you know the spots of great natural beauty, um, you know the areas that are barren and confronting and challenging to spend time in and i like that idea where you you know that then it's a recognition it's a recognition that this is a world with with habitats and ecologies and climates and very different physical circumstances and in that case, and, you know, and then to, to move away from metaphor and go into, you know, the more realistic or more conventional way of understanding our internal life. We're talking about emotional and psychological landscapes. And these are, I believe, you know, these are the places where we live, that how we interact with life, how we interact with the world, how we interact with those closest to us, and of course, how we interact with ourselves. It's all dictated by, by how at peace we are with the varied makeup of the emotional and psychological landscape within. And I think, you know, everything, you know, in life is is responsive and reactive to those landscapes and they dictate how we bump against other people, how we knock against other people, how we blend with other people, how there's friction with some people and effortless openness and harmony with other people and i yeah i i'm 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 never not going to be convinced that uh, it's not to do with how you are internally that's 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 where i come from that's how i've understood myself and continue to negotiate myself and how I how I sort of steer myself through what life puts in front of me. And there have been different times in my life where maybe I've put that focus more externally. Um, and certainly growing up, uh, you know, in my kind of adolescence and in my 20s, I would have been much more focused on outward reaction and outward response and outward judgment and you know outward um approval which 
of course makes you very vulnerable to you know to to everybody else's view of you and i mean i I have spoken about this in recent episodes um i've spoken about the the subjective versus the objective view um and just to just to repeat my my thesis it's it's fundamentally that the more the more you're comfortable with your 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 subjective view of yourself the more you're at peace with that the more you have a comfort with yourself the more then you can allow yourself to be an object in the world the less you have to care about other people's perceptions and other people's frames and where they place you in in their um what i'm visualizing like a canvas <laughs> this is this is one of my favorites I'll, I'll just jump from one metaphor or analogy to another until it's just this metaphorical mess uh, a massive soup of drowning clashing metaphors um but this is the thing you know we have we have our own we have our we have our own our own canvas you know if you, if we want to if you want to cast my my you know my map makers uh world onto a canvas and the map maker has laid out the various terrains and habitats and if we stay with this idea that these various terrains and habitats reflect a psychological and emotional landscape and you know you you know you're looking at it or you have a sense of that and you understand oh yeah okay there's that area and that represents this and there's this area and that represents that and cool i understand all that about myself and i know maybe there's still some more work to be done in that part of the map but this part of the map is pretty good and i like this area and I like that mountain range and I like those valleys and I like that lake and I like those woods. And now I'm ready to just kind of cast myself out there again into the world uh, with a greater sense of who I am and what I'm doing and what I'm about. And that's fine. Um, and you can, you know, when, when you think of that, you can maybe go, and I mean, I've heard this this phrase used by a psychologist um and i'm trying to remember what the context was exactly but it might have been i don't know if there was an implied or an explicit criticism of um of a younger generation maybe i might be misremembering this but basically saying that the tendency in that generation was to put oneself at the center of the frame and so therefore everything is revolving around around you um and i think the psychologist was arguing that it's not the it's not the healthiest way to view things it's not the healthiest way to view oneself it doesn't encourage a sort of a broader perspective it doesn't encourage maybe greater relatability or empathy or sympathy or insight into others and I think, you know, it, it's quite that. That's that can be a useful way to think, and certainly, um, if you're, you know, depending on what you're about in your life or what you're doing in your life, I think, you know, the 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 ability to allow others to occupy the center of the frame is, you know, can be a very good thing. Um, and I think that that can be a reflection of of self-confidence. It can be a reflection of self-possession. It can be a reflect, uh, you know, an indication of you, you, you know, you allowing yourself to be at the periphery of things. And allowing yourself, and, and see, I think, look, this happens anyway, naturally. 
because you're never going to be at the center of everybody's frame. Um, you know, perhaps if you, if you reach a level of international success in your, your chosen field, I don't know. Or if you're particularly, um, you know, particularly charismatic in some way in a field that allows you to capitalize on that. But this is the thing I was going to say before about the idea of the canvases and how other people perceive you. Um, it's sort of, it can be sort of amusing or interesting to think we all, we're all immersed in our own lives. We're all immersed in our own stories. We're all immersed in the reality of now and the reality of where life's journey has brought us to date. And that that can feel inescapable. And of course, there are ways to to be less focused on the the immediacy of that or the the full existential reality of that and you know one can immerse oneself in in work or or you know whatever it might be that's going to take you away from from the sort of the the now um the now in the kind of the life sense of well where am i at what am i doing um but really if you think about all the people all the people that you come into contact with in your life and you think just ask yourself where do i feature on their canvas where do i feature in their landscape and suddenly your i think suddenly your significance can you know the 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 the, the 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 possible scale of your relevance the possible scale of your significance you sort of see the full the full range of it so for someone you know for someone you're going to be very significant so i would argue for my daughter i'm going to be a significant figure on her landscape on her canvas um and I presume that's the case for any child and a parent. And so maybe for a certain time in her life, I'll be a significant figure, just like my wife will be a significant figure for her as well. Um, and that's fine. But you go then to just, I don't know, someone who you have an exchange with in, in a shop or on public transport or in a cafe or in a pub or someone you pass on the, the road or on the street. Um, someone, you know, someone with whom you make eye contact somewhere and, you know, never see them again. Then your significance dwindles to, to almost nothing. And... That, I think, as an exercise is is quite useful to sort of to 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 sort of to to ground you and to remind to remind yourself of the (laughs) what to remind yourself of the ubiquity of of humans, the ubiquity of the human experience that. You're just one of a gazillion ants on the planet stressing about your corner of the colony. Um, Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But what's the point? Maybe the point is to go back to our significance scale. (laughs) To some people, you are hugely significant hugely important hugely impactful and to others you're not significant at all now 
that might be stating something that is extraordinarily self-evident and obvious. And so what, you might think. And you might be right. You might be right. But what can you do with... What, what does that information give us? What does that understanding gives us, give us? It gives us perspective. It gives us a frame of reference, a larger frame of reference that on one level can remind us of the smallness of our world. And that might sound like it's a negative thing, but I don't think it is. I think it's actually positive. Because I would argue that if we think about anxiety, if we think about stress, if we think about loss of control, if we think about the unknowns uh, in life, um, if you think about the, you know, the last couple of years that we've all shared of the the pressures and unpredictable nature of the coronavirus pandemic and how that has impacted us uh, you know in many different ways uh, some of us more than others um, I think the, the you know one of the common elements is you know, one of the common elements of the associated stress and the associated anxiety is a sense of being overwhelmed a sense of the enormity of what's out there and that sense of something really big being beyond our control. And I would argue that at different times we may feel that way about life in general and we may feel that way about our own ability to shape life our own ability to to control or manipulate or steer life in a direction that we want and i think that there's a you know a sort of a an exacerbation of of scale that comes with anxiety and that the the tendency is to catastrophize the tendency is to allow everything to feel much bigger and much more present than it actually is and so if we can remind ourselves of the smallness of our world in that most immediate sense of who am I actually in contact with whose life whose life or whose lives am I intersecting with who is being affected by my choices by my actions and really where is my path leading me and i think if you stop and look at those questions things are going to get scaled right down and that world that you may be tempted to feel very anxious about that enormous uncontrollable world may feel much more controllable may feel much more manageable and that i think is conducive to wellness i think that is conducive to and let's go back to our aunt in the colony stressing that is conducive to keeping perspective and cultivating a, a focus and a discipline that will lend themselves to greater wellness, greater contentment and greater confidence in pursuing 
what it is you want to pursue. And and this is I think this is a really significant one. Greater confidence to maintain your focus and to shut out the white noise of self-doubt, the white noise of anxiety, the white noise of negativity, the white noise of cynicism, um, the white noise of naysaying. And those are all things that contribute to being unwell. Those are all things that steer us more into those terrains uh, that are far less fruitful. Those, you know, barren, infertile places where nothing is going to grow. And that is what we want to avoid because we're trying to cultivate life we're trying to cultivate a a life worth living and so that brings you know that brings you to the question you know what does that look like what does that look like to you where do you experience life what gives you that sense of it's good to be here (laughs) that's a huge question isn't it (laughs) excuse me sorry Um, what gives you that sense of it's good to be here that is that's very subjective that's uh, that's entirely that's entirely up to you I mean is it to be able to sit in your garden is it to go for a walk in a park or along the sea is it sitting with a book of poetry or a novel or a book of history and a, and a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or a glass of wine is it sharing food with friends is it watching a movie you love is it going to the theatre is it going to the pub is it having a pint with somebody? Is it playing with your children? Is it helping your parents? Is it having a level of comfort with your partner that is effortless? That can just be. That is somehow a part of who you are. Is it the satisfaction you derive from your work, from your job? Uh, is it is it traveling? Is it going on holidays? Is it you know is, is it is it is it achieving something in your career? Is it doing something well and being appreciated for it? Um, so. I don't know. I mean, for for me, if I if I drop back to exercise and trying to stay fit, being able to use my body well, that to me is one area where I live my life. That is one area where I feel it's good to be here, whether it's a, a well executed karate sequence whether it's uh doing a tai chi form whether it's uh like last saturday i i taught a self-defense class to a young woman and i taught her a a self-defense drill um which she picked up really well and yeah i like enormously enormously satisfying to me um to do that and to see someone taking something on using their body accessing something um you know accessing a physical and emotional confidence um and in the name of self-defense 
uh which is yeah like it's all it's all it's all good stuff it's all good stuff to me um so you know that's definitely an area for me you know using my body then also being able to teach and um you know communicate um communicate knowledge and experience and skills and being able to communicate that successfully to to different people um I mean, certainly, I wouldn't have kept a foot in the teaching world all these years if it wasn't something that I still found rewarding. Now, I'm teaching martial arts at the moment. I'm not in the classroom, but that's uh, that's what I like and that's what I've I've been enjoying doing. Um, but where else? Where else is life being lived? It's been lived here doing the podcast. This is uh, this is episode forty. <laughs> so this is this is forty weeks in a row I've managed to produce the podcast, and so life is being lived here, and I do see this as artistic output. It's a creative. Uh, process and it's one that I really enjoy doing Um, it's not for me it's not for me to say how successful or not it is Um, I think some episodes have worked better than others but I get a lot out of it I get a lot out of it that 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 one moment a week where I sit down with or without a plan, with or without research, with or without structure, uh, and go on this journey of sharing thoughts and sharing, let's generously describe them as insights. <laughs> I am, um, I, I continue, I continue to, um, I continue to get a lot out of it. So I'm living life here. I'm living life um in other places writing and recording um wellness material for aura feel my aura for aura the sleep and wellness app and i'm happy with the work i'm doing there um i've been working with some great young men up in in ballymun as part of a collaborative arts project um, which is all about exploring uh, masculinity um, amongst their peer group. And I've been on that journey for a couple of months now with those guys, and I'm really enjoying that and being invited into that space and being allowed to be in that space with those guys has, uh, has been a privilege. Um, and I'm, I'm really hoping that we're going we're gonna to produce something or that I'll be able to help those guys produce something really good um, that will ultimately, hopefully, be a piece of public art at some point um, later on this year, maybe. Um, so, you know, those things are happening, and this is all part of a, you know, all these things, the the, the podcast, the, the outdoor martial arts and self-defense teaching I've been doing, the, the, the wellness app, and that that collaborative arts work I'm doing it's all part of a, a restructuring of my life which um, you know in terms of uh, career doesn't feel right but in terms of what I'm how I'm utilizing my skills and how I'm how I'm kind of deploying my experience and you know it's challenging because it's um, it's not it hasn't been to date particularly lucrative it's all a bit of a a gamble and you know i i hope slowly slowly everything is moving you know that the 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 graph is moving in the right direction but you know there are dips and it certainly brings financial pressure into into my life into the into the, the the home situation i know my wife has found it challenging um you know to kind of to to watch me attempt this uh this kind of balancing act with the things i'm doing um 
but it's you know it, it, it this is this is where I have to maintain my focus I mean this has been my counsel to myself to maintain my own focus on these ventures um, and these sort of enterprises I suppose it might be a, a nicer way to describe them and you know the long-term goal is for them to be more sustainable the long-term goal is for directly or indirectly for an income to derive from these things that I'm doing and all the while I am doing things that I enjoy doing I'm doing things that I'm good at and therefore there's a positive psychology aspect to it and a personal satisfaction and at times uh, certainly uh, a vindication (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I want I want there to be more I want there to be more vindication uh, to go yes this is worthwhile this uh, this has led somewhere um, but that is you know that's where I'm living my life and that when that is happening when I am focused on those things then there is no anxiety then there is no negativity there's just doing something that I love doing. And, you know, there's a, there's a huge amount to be said for that. And I think that's what many of us aspire to. Can, can we apply ourselves um, as totally as possible to things we are passionate about um, and things that fit our skill set, our experience, and fit our personalities. Um, I mean, that's where acting always came in as well. So, I mean, like any time I've, I've acted, it's always been, you know, enormously, um, maybe not artistically always satisfying, but always, it, you know, I always felt, you know, this is great to get paid to act is just, um, it, there's just nothing to complain about. Because, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, you know, if, if I'm acting, I'm avoiding real work. Um, and then, the, you know, that's that's the payoff. And to get paid then for doing something like acting was always, uh, I think there was a part of me that was always enormously sort of amused and enamored with the flukiness of it all. Um, and I, I keep I keep having a conversation in my head where I'm going to throw my hat back in the ring and see see if I can rustle up rustle up an old acting gig every now and again um, as well as as well as this other stuff I'm doing uh, but anyway there's a larger point here about engagement engagement with life and engagement with others and especially and hopefully if you're lucky enough engagement with others that you really care about because those are the those are the relationships that I believe are truly rewarding and life-affirming, life-giving, energy-giving. And that is, you know, certainly to me, that's something that's really important. Um, but, you know, anything that I've spoken about over the last several you know, minutes of the podcast, particularly the things that I've been doing with my life, all of that as well is you know is is about overcoming the self doubt it's about overcoming the internal challenges and the internal resistance so if there's terrain inside me that is treacherous and dark and full of pitfalls and there are beings that dwell in that terrain that are determined to to stop my progress and to you know attack me on my journey like bandits uh, jumping out of trees um achieving anything that is close to what i want to do is an absolute triumph it's a triumph over that terrain 
it's the successful negotiation of that terrain or it's the successful discovery of, of an alternative route um and i think that's a life skill i think that's a life skill i think that is a wellness skill learning how to learning how to find the path that will allow you to move forward and that may mean at times setting aside your determination to be fully well or fully fixed or fully aligned or fully resolved they might not be realistic aspirations depending on where you are in your life or where you are on your journey um you know don't worry they'll be waiting for you <laughs> they'll, they'll always be waiting for you they'll always come back and go remember us uh we're still here i can see you um but at different times here's the truth right here's the truth at different times we have different resources that really is it isn't it at different times we have different things we can draw on we have different reserves of strength and resilience and i think i think this is one of the reasons why i resist this hyper optimization of you know of self actualization of being the best you can be and you know the way that form of hyper wellness is presented on social media i kind of loathe it uh, i kind of detest it the relentless hypercharged positivity um i've ranted about this before but sure you know <laughs> if, it, if it ain't broke um i just think come on let's be real there are times when you are more capable than at other times there are times when you've got it there where you're ready to fight where you're ready to kick on where you can eat up the track and progress to a different place and there are other times when that's not the right choice and so that brings me back to where i started um today talking about being a bit under the weather or being a bit flat or being a bit frustrated or not having the normal reserves of energy and you have to you have to accept that that's definitely a part of acceptance and going okay and i mean this came up last week this came up last week um you know the, the, when, I, when i spoke about the the narrative of the universe wanted me to stop <laughs> a higher power uh life wanted me to stop and so i did and maybe you know maybe when i bounced back from the the the, the vomiting the vomiting episode uh last week maybe life was like no hold on a second we're going to give you another little thing another little thing just to uh to sit you back down on your butt and slow you down so you can gather your thoughts because maybe this is a time to regroup maybe this is a time to refocus maybe this is a time to re-clarify the plan of action maybe it's not the time to just bumble along headlessly maybe maybe i don't know uh, okay i think i think that's it today i think that's it so um a little bit shorter than usual but uh i think i went somewhere um i'm still here i'm still here in my chair with the microphone and the birds are tweeting outside so uh that the bird song the bird song out here it's beautiful but it means i can't record stuff for the the wellness app aura feel my aura i can't rec record stuff for aura because the sound engineers at aura they don't like having any bird song in the background um and they certainly don't like uh chickens crowing um so 
I did before I recorded this. I was looking. I was going to throw up a couple of um, a, a couple of children's poems for the 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 wellness app. Um, not my own. I was going to do a couple of Edward Lear poems and another poem about a a stranger cat. Not comparative. That's not like a cat that's stranger than another cat. That's a cat who is a stranger. The stranger cat. It's quite nice. Do you, do, you, do you want to hear it? I think it's quite funny. Hold on. I'll <laughs> I'll finish I'll finish with this today because cats are great. And this is a um this is a poem in a hardback book that my late grandmother gave to me um 40 years ago, 1981. Christmas 1981 to Dara from Granny. Thanks, Granny. Hope you're well wherever you are. This is the illustrated treasury of humour for children. Humour. Um, let's see who published it. It's, it's a very knackered, battered looking book. Hodder and Stoughton. London, Sydney, Auckland, Toronto. Anyway, it was a it was a cherished book. I loved it as a kid. So I would have been I would have been uh, just about to turn eight and it's full of great stuff and lovely illustrations and stories and mostly poems, but a few stories thrown in there as well. But this poem is from the book and it's called, as I said, The Stranger Cat. The poet is, here's a nice name, N.P. Babcock. N.P. Babcock. And here it goes. A little girl with golden hair was rocking in her grandma's chair when in there walked a stranger cat. I'm sure there's nothing strange in that. It was a cat with kinky ears and very aged for its years. The little girl remarked, Oh, scat! I think there's nothing strange in that. But presently with stealthy tread, the cat, which at her word had fled, Returned with cane and boots and hat. I fear there's something strange in that. Excuse me. And the cat bowed low. I hate to troll you, you know. But tell me, have you seen a rat? I know there's something strange in that. The little girl was very shy. Well, really, I can't say that I have seen one lately, Mr. Cat. I'm sure there's something strange in that. Oh, haven't you? The cat replied. Thanks. I am deeply gratified. I really couldn't eat a rat. We all know what to think of that. And then the cat with kinky ears and so much wisdom for its years retired with a soft pit-a-pat. And that was all there was of that. <laughs> Did you hear those bloody chickens? What the hell? Carnage outside. I don't know what the hell is going on. They might have ruined. They might have ruined that. Uh, that attempt at poetic ambiance I was going for. But that was the stranger cat. So um, yeah, I'll leave you with that today. A little poem. To end the rambles. Okay, so listen. Listen. You have been listening. Listen for another minute or two. Oh, it's my cousin's dog. That's what scares the chickens. Marvellous. There's Coco. Anyway. um, Yeah. Thanks for listening. I hope you got something out of this. You can. You can throw me some love on social media. Uh, The Clear Out Podcast is on Instagram. YouTube, Facebook, The Clear Out 2, that's number two, The Clear Out 2 on Twitter. Um, uh, the email, if you want to email me any suggestions for discussion, is theclearoutlive at gmail.com. And if you want to throw some financial support the way of this independent podcast, you can do so using the, su- the supporter link. Uh, which is there wherever you're listening to the podcast in the description or the Patreon link, which is patreon.com forward slash the clear out. 
so there you go i will be back next week with more with more of this stuff that i do on the clear out thanks for listening i've been dara clear you've been you i will see you real soon all the best take care mind yourselves bye